Section 43 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Friday 20. We started for Ohio, passing through Frederick and Middletown to Williamsport. Called on Father Everhard and sheltered under his shade from the excessive heat. The old saint has a son and a son-in-law, local laborers. We have encouraging accounts from the encampment near Winchester, Virginia. Sabbath 22. Our new chapel here, Williamsport, is too small. I preached to a large congregation on a short notice. I felt that I was commissioned by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Surely the day's labor will not go for nothing. Wednesday 25. At Cumberland I preached in the chapel and ordained J. I. Jacobs, Thomas Lakin, and William Shaw, holy men, to the office of elders. A day of toil over the desperate mountains brought us to Brownsville. We have had our trials and afflictions. Sabbath 29. I preached strong words from Examine Yourselves, and after the congregation was dismissed, gave counsel to the society. Wednesday, September 1. We opened our conference, about 30 members present. On Saturday, deacons and elders were ordained. We have had preaching four times in the day. My mind is at peace, and my body at ease. Glory be to thee, O my Creator. Sabbath 5. In Bezaleel Wells's grove, I may have had 1,000 souls to hear me. Bishop M. Kendry preached, and the exercises closed with the sacrament. The people were attentive to hear with much solemnity. Sabbath 12. I preached in Chillicothe. We pass on swiftly from tavern to tavern, for we are in great haste, and dare not turn aside to seek our brethren. Mrs. Wells, after painful anxiety, was speedily and happily delivered of a man-child. In answer to prayer, she says, she calls it Francis Asbury. I lament my loss of public labors, especially on the Sabbath. But can I preach more than once a day, constantly engaged as I am in conference, in writing answers to letters, and receiving those who come for counsel? Let candid and thinking minds answer. Tuesday 14. Reached West Union with a swelled face. I preach to the people here for the first time. May it not be for the last also? I was turned into another man. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon me, and there was a deep feeling amongst the people. Wednesday we came to Limestone, where I consecrated our new house by bearing testimony to the truth of God, on Luke 19.10. I saw the foundation of our new house in Paris with the more pleasure, because of the interesting little history attached to it. An honest brother had failed in business, moved away, recovered his loss, came back, paid his creditors, and moved a subscription to build, and is now building a Methodist chapel. Kentucky, Sabbath 19. I preached in our enlarged Ebenezer Church in Clark County. Once more I see Dr. Hines, from the other side the flood, rejoicing in Jesus. He will never again, I presume, put a blister on his wife's head to draw Methodism out of her heart. This mad prank brought deep conviction. 
by the operation of the Spirit of God upon his soul. His children, some of them, already rejoice with him, having the same joy, and faith, and hope. We came rapidly through Danville to Mulder's, next day to Thompson's, next day to Wallace's, and next day to Father Bracken's near the campground. What a flight we have had! Sabbath 26. I preached in the camp. Our ride from Steubenville has been through pleasant rains. Welcome to the before-parched earth. We read the word of God and prayed in every house in which we stopped. The tavern keepers were kind and polite, as southern folks should be, and as southern folks ought not to be. They were sometimes two sheets in the wind. Oh, that liquid fire! The thing I have for some time greatly feared is come to pass. The Creek Nation have taken up the hatchet. Unhappy people. The whites will take vengeance, cruel vengeance on them for their barbarian warfare on unoffending women and children. O God, save thy people from rage of the heathen. Tennessee. We came to the Tennessee Conference. I lodged under the hospitable roof of Mother Roscoe. Our progress daily was great, and made in great peace and order. Sabbath, October 3. I preached, and ordained about twenty deacons. We rose on the sixth instant, finding very few difficulties objected to the stations. The families in the neighborhood have not been left unvisited, and we hope our prayers and exhortations will not be in vain to and for the Walkers, the Maxies, the Saunderses, the Reeses, the Blackmans. Will it be believed that the races agitate the public mind, notwithstanding the alarms of Indian wars? If in the midst of such terrors the people will not forsake the race course, why should the people of God neglect to frequent their meetings? In this case they may learn from the example of sinners. The Tennessee Conference were not willing to let the bishops go to the Mississippi Conference. Sabbath 10. I preached at John M. Gies. Sabbath 17. Last night preached at Porter's Chapel. At Marysville, the whole city came out to hear us. Our travels have been through toil, and crowds, and storms. It is our business to read, exhort, and pray, wherever we stop. Monday 18. We came away, having first taken an emetic. A thirty miles ride over unpleasant paths, and through heat, brought us to our lodging for the night with more endurable feelings. I preached at O'Haver's on Wednesday, and ordained Joshua West an elder. We visited the Bowlings, the Nelsons, and the Barnetts. I feel pleuritic pains in the breast, but they must wear themselves away. Sabbath 24. I preached in great weakness. I am at Killian's once more. Our ride of ninety miles to Staunton Bridge on Saluda River was severely felt, and the necessity of lodging at taverns made it no better. Friday 29. On the peaceful banks of the Saluda, I write my valedictory address to the presiding elders. At Staunton Bridge, we rest five days. My horse and his master both disabled. I preached but twice. My leisure has permitted me to read Selen. I hesitate not to recommend this work to our book concern. Sabbath 30. 
James, the son of John Douthat, gave me an interesting account of his father. John Douthat was born in Maryland, left his native place and settled on the Yadkin, became a member of the Methodist Society, and was honored as a class leader, making his house a house of God for the assemblies of his brethren. An infamous woman had found her way into the society, and seduced Douthat away, and he departed from his brethren, and from God. Some years after this, the family removed to the Table Mountain, Pendleton District. The preachers came to the house, the father was reclaimed, and his two sons, James and Samuel, joined the Methodists, and were useful and respectable traveling preachers. The former laboring twelve, the latter seven years in the ministry. But the elder Douthat had a failing. He was fond of liquor, and indulged himself, and backslid a second time, retaining, nevertheless, his character for strict integrity and his habit of private prayer, occasionally hearing the gospel. Last summer he fell ill, and came to lie down and die at his son James's. Here he became a true penitent, was blessed with justifying and sanctifying grace, and slept in peace in the seventy-third year of his age. Tuesday, November 2. We visited Taliferos and went forward to B. Lyons. Thursday 4. Called a meeting at Edward M. Craw's. I spoke with enlargement of mind on Hebrews 10, 38-39. We saw Henry Gaines, a disciple since 1777, now feeble, but wishing to be faithful unto death. Came forward to Connors, Abbeville District. Sabbath 7. I preached in the tabernacle on 2 Corinthians 5.11. If the people say it was like thunder and lightning, I shall not be surprised. I spoke in power from God, and there was a general and deep feeling in the congregation. Thine, O Lord, be all the glory. Came home with James Cox. Monday 8. I gave an alarming lecture at John Brannan's. There is a serious mortality on the middle and lowlands of South Carolina and Georgia. South Carolina, Tuesday 9. We rode through the heat, crossing the Little River to Mr. Shields, 20 miles. Georgia, Wednesday 20. I tried five grains of tartar and felt the good effects of medicine. We continued on to Petersburg into Georgia. Into what house may I enter without finding two cold professors, and five or ten impious persons? Yet God will favor a righteous cause, though there may be thousands as wicked as fiends. Sabbath 14. I preached at Thompson's Chapel, and had a pleasant season. We lodged at Senator Tate's, and I retired to bed with a fever. Here are two sick families. There is a great draught. These are judgment days. I preached at Peter Oliver's. My host and wife are both sick. Sabbath 21. I preached in the new chapel at James Marks, Elberts, in folly called Asbury. We visited Dr. Bradley, recovering from his affliction. A miracle of grace. We have visited about thirty families. Imprudent man that I am, to take off my flannel, and ride in the damps after sunset. 
I preached at Sparta and ordained two deacons. A journey of six days brought us to Savannah. We were careful to leave our testimony and to pray with every family where we stopped. Kind Widow Bonnell sent her chase after me. I must change my mode of traveling, I suppose. I preached twice in the Wesley Chapel. This is a good, neat house, sixty feet by forty. I enjoyed great peace. Our chapel cost five thousand dollars. Others would have made it cost twice as much, perhaps. We are indebted to Myers and Russell for much of this saving. The Presbyterian Church hath changed its form to independent. Dr. Colic must be the same. Monday, 22. Rode to Mr. Tebout's plantation. Sweet retreat. Tuesday we rode 46 miles to Wainers. I am again in a chase. James Russell insisted upon giving me an old gig worth $45. We are safe in Charleston, visiting Black Swamp and some families as we came along. We have had cold, hungry traveling. My mind is holiness to the Lord. We found our family here in health. Sunday, December 12. I preached in Trinity Church. We have it now in quiet possession. I also officiated in Cumberland and Bethel churches. The society is not so lively as formerly. In visiting six families, I found but two that acknowledge God in His word and worship. Ah, woe is me. Thursday 16. We attended the funeral of Dr. Keith, suddenly called away, and greatly lamented by all, especially by the people of color. He had been twenty-six years a minister of the Independent Church. Most of the clergy of the city were present, and there was great solemnity observed. We had no gloves or scarfs given us. This was well, but I could have wished there had been prayer in the house before the corpse was removed. We lecture morning and evening. We labor to live in and for God. We desire to receive rich and poor, people and ministers, and to consecrate, in the order of faith and prayer, every room and every heart in the house to God. Sunday 19. I preached in Cumberland Chapel, in Trinity, and in Bethel. How much good will my ten days' visit do here? I preach, lecture, and pray. I invited the stewards of Bethel, and the trustees of Trinity came to see me on Tuesday. We dined and prayed together, and parted in love and peace. Wednesday 22 In a cold day we left Charleston, and came thirty miles to preach to preachers at Nichols's. We lodged with Eccles. Friday my mind is in peace, in bodily affliction. Weather, roads, swamps. We heed them not. On our way to Black River we visited many families. Oh, let me do some good, whilst I may. Time is short. Thursday 30. At Rembert's Settlement. How my friends remove or waste away, yet I live. Let me live every moment to God. On the first day of the new year, 1814, I preached at Rembert's Chapel. North Carolina, Sunday, January 2. I preached in the chapel. 
On Monday we came away, in company with Myers and Norton, to Fayetteville, 140 miles, visiting many families in our route. Friday 7. I received seven letters. The contents of some of them make me feel serious. We learned that Bishop Coke, with seven young preachers, have sailed for the East Indies. The British society is poor as well as ourselves, it would appear. This is a good sign. In less than one hundred years, Methodism has spread over three-quarters of the globe, and it is now about to carry the gospel of salvation into Asia. Amen. I am divinely impressed with the charge to preach sanctification in every sermon. Sunday 9. We had rain. Bishop M. Kendry preached. I preached on Isaiah 64, 7. We had a spiritual, heavenly, and united conference. There were twenty deacons ordained, eighty-five preachers stationed. Twelve have located, and one has died suddenly, and fifteen are added. Sunday 16. I preached. Thursday we came away. On our way we called on Hodges, Shaw, and Saunderson, exhorting and praying with their families. I enjoy great peace of mind. Sunday 23. I preached in our chapel, fifty by sixty feet, to a small congregation. Am I not a child to have been looking for summer? William Glendenning and I met and embraced each other in peace. I visited Sister Perry, the former wife of John King, one of the first Methodist preachers. After all reasonable allowances for drawbacks, we cannot yet tell all the good that was done by our conference in Raleigh in 1811. We started away northward. Not half a mile from Samuel Alston's, we got entangled in the woods. We left the gig in the woods till morning, and found our way by torchlight to the house. I preached at my kind hosts. On our way to Dr. Brody's in Lewisburg, we called to dine with our friend Thomas Alston, Jr. Virginia, Sunday, February 20. I am at Norfolk. I have had a serious attack of pleuritic fever, with little intermission of pain until the fifteenth day. I have, during this illness, been moving about amongst the families of the Williamses, the Harrises, the Widow Weavers, the Bennets, and the Merediths. And oh, what kindness and nursing! I preached at Henry Williams's quarter meeting, and occasionally elsewhere. Our conference in Norfolk rose on Tuesday, March 1. We have been mighty in talk this session. I dare not speak my mind on the state of this place, its church, or its ministry. I endure all things for the elect's sake, and rejoice that peace is again happily restored to the society. Shall we not drop and locate more laborers than we receive? We had a great many sermons preached, as usual, and we have reason to hope souls were converted. I ordained deacons and assisted my brethren in the ministration of the word. Tuesday, March 1. We came out of the borough. It was keen and cold to Shoulders Hill. Wednesday 2. Came to Andrew Woodville's. We reached Richmond on Saturday. Our journey hither has been through snows and excessive cold. I felt it deeply. We were careful to pray with the families where we stopped, 
exhorting all professors to holiness. Sunday 6. I preached in the old chapel. Our labor shall not all be in vain. Dr. Jennings has removed to Richmond. To be useful, we hope, to the society and to himself. A journey of suffering by bad roads, and exposure to excessive cold, brought us to Georgetown, Maryland. In the year 1774, I first visited Virginia and North Carolina. In the year 1780, I repeated my visit, and since that time, yearly. In the year 1785, I first visited South Carolina and Georgia, and to these states have since paid, except one year, an annual visit, until now, 1814. I suppose I have crossed the Allegheny Mountains sixty times. Maryland, Sunday 13. I preached in our church in Georgetown and met the society. We do not labor in vain. My mind is deeply impressed with the worth of souls and value of time. Thursday 24. Baltimore Conference hath been sitting in great order seven days. My strength and labor was to sit still. I was sick during the whole session. I preached in Old Town and ordained nine deacons. We have stationed eighty-six ministers. By request, I discoursed on the character of the angel of the Church of Philadelphia, in allusion to P. W. Otterbein, the holy, the great Otterbein, whose funeral discourse it was intended to be. Solemnity marked the silent meeting in the German church, where were assembled the members of our conference, and many of the clergy of the city. Forty years have I known the retiring modesty of this man of God, towering majestic above his fellows in learning, wisdom, and grace, yet seeking to be known only of God and the people of God. He had been sixty years a minister, fifty years a converted one. March 28. I am at Perry Hall, where I have been for three days very ill. The Sabbath was an awful and dumb day. I took an emetic. Friday, April 1. I crossed the Susquehanna. At northeast I visited Daniel Sheridan, a son of deep affliction in body, mind, and circumstances. He is one of my spiritual children, and has remained a disciple forty years. We prayed together, and God was with us of a truth. Delaware, Sunday 3. I preached in Wilmington. Monday we had great consolation in visiting Mary Withy's children and grandchildren. She, though dead, is yet spoken of. One of these last is in society. I baptized the children of Alan and Louis M. Clean. These people have not forgotten the holy living and dying of their mother, nor her early and constant friend, the writer of this journal. Joseph Pilmore is yet alive, and preaches three times every Sabbath. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Tuesday 5. This is the eve of conference. Sunday 10. I preached in the Academy Chapel and at St. George's. Our conference opened and progressed four days in great peace and gospel order. We doubt not but that souls have been convinced, converted, comforted, and sanctified by the ministry of the Word. We had crowded houses, both in the day and at night. The bishops wrote a serious letter to New England, 
remonstrating on the neglect of family worship. Thursday 13th. The Philadelphia Conference rose in the spirit, power, and peace of God, in which they had been sitting seven days. Friday crossed in a steamboat to the Jersey Shore. I am very unwell. New Jersey, Tuesday, 19. I rode twenty miles from Woodbury to Perkinton to see the people. We gave an exhortation in great weakness, but the power of truth was felt. Sunday, 25. I preached at Penn's Neck, at Salem, and at Cohansey Bridge. I preached also at Pitt's Grove. We may say that when we are weak, we are strong in the strength of God. Yea, Lord, Thou art our strength. I preached at Union Chapel, and the Lord gave power to His own truth. I preached at Bethel. We had a rainy day, and my flesh failed. I rested at Bates's, greatly spent with labor. We should have failed in our march through Jersey, but we have received great kindness and attentions, and have had great accommodations. I returned to my journal after an interval of twelve weeks. I have been ill indeed, but medicine, nursing, and kindness, under God, have been so far effectual, that I have recovered strength enough to sit in my little covered wagon, into which they lift me. I have clambered over the rude mountains, passing through York and Chambersburg to Greensburg. Tuesday, July 19. I would not be loved to death, and so came down from my sick room and took to the road, weak enough. Attentions constant, and kindness unceasing, have pursued me to this place, and my strength increases daily. I look back upon a martyr's life of toil, and privation, and pain, and I am ready for a martyr's death. The purity of my intentions, my diligence in the labors to which God has been pleased to call me, the unknown sufferings I have endured, what are all these? The merit, atonement, and righteousness of Christ alone make my plea. My friends in Philadelphia gave me a light little four-wheeled carriage, but God in the Baltimore Conference made me a richer present. They gave me John Wesley Bond for a traveling companion. Has he his equal on the earth for excellencies of every kind as an aid? I groan one minute with pain, and shout glory the next. July 23. Pittsburgh. We have made 350 miles since we left Jersey. What roads? It was the mercy of Providence, or we should have been dashed to pieces. My body is, nevertheless, in better health, and my mind and soul happy and confident in God. Glory, glory, glory be to the triune God. End of section 43, recording by Brian Keenan.